Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Well, I don't know what time you guys listen to this podcast. My name's Adam Childs, sitting with Special K, Kieran, what's up? Yo, what's going on, Adam? Episode I, number 23. Yeah, I had to take the intro. Kieran's yeah. gotten used to my interrupting intro every second episode, so I had to... Well, technically, you didn't interrupt that time. No, that's true, actually. I just took it. I was looking over. Kieran is the one who, you know, like... Uh, controls the little soundboard the button thingy. monkey the, yeah the button monkey i was like looking for when you unmuted the microphones and jumped straight in <laughs> how are you dude you good yeah not too bad man not too bad this morning um today we're talking about how to deal with bjj injuries oh, it doesn't happen never been injured in jujitsu you've never been injured dude, yeah, it's, neither. The, it's the gentle art i don't yeah. i don't think you can get injured no it's in impossible jiu-jitsu. if you're getting injured in jujitsu i would say you're doing it wrong yeah and on that note, thanks for listening. Uh, <laughs> next episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously injuries happen a lot in, in jiu-jitsu, but they happen a lot in, in, in any sport, right? Like I remember it was actually quite funny. Uh, one of my students I ran into the other day and we we're talking about another student and these two people, these two people started at the same time together. And he was telling me how, um, you know, I, they had only been training for one or two weeks or something. And you know how uh, when you might start a new activity with a friend, right, you kind of – you're still in that initial phase where you're not yet comfortable to do it without that friend. You know, it's sort of an activity that you yeah. guys do just together, right? Yeah, okay. So, so, you know, if one – you know, you'd be like, hey, man, you going today? No, nah, I'm not going to go. Oh, okay, so you wouldn't go, right? So they were still in that initial phase and they were like two weeks in or something and one of them had like rolled their pinky toe on the mat and like slightly bruised his pinky and he was like to his friend, he was like, oh, bro, man, I don't know. I, st- I think we just call it for this week and it was like a Tuesday. What the <laughs> and, and fuck? His, and his friend was like, uh, nah, dude, we're going. <laughs> Just take it. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I mean, obviously lots of those little injuries happen and, and I hear that a lot from, from students when they're super new and kind of just those little – not, not, I don't even consider them injuries. They're just, uh, you know, not wear and tear is the wrong word, but of course you're going to self-inflict some wear – on your body when you're doing an activity. Yeah, right. right? You're talking like bruises, scrapes, yeah, bruises, scrapes, burn, that yeah, sort of shit. You know, burn. The, uh, especially in the beginning, if you're training fingers, in the gi, like yeah. calluses on, on your fingers or yeah. just sore fingers from gripping the gi. And, you know, and people will lose some skin off their fingers or something and they're like, oh man, oh, jujitsu, oh, it's so rough. Or like, <laughs> oh, I need to take time off. It's kind of like, man, any sport you do, you know, like imagine if you, decided you wanted to pick up as a hobby playing tennis, you know, and you kind of fell over and scraped your knee, you know, does that mean, oh man, tennis is such a rough sport? Or if you pick up rock climbing, are you going to tell me you're not going to destroy, not destroy, but, you know, destroy your fingers? You will destroy your fingers, definitely. Or even an example I always give in, in, for people who are new is anyone who's ever played guitar would know that if you go from not playing guitar to playing guitar, like even just holding the strings down on the frets, you'll have sore fingertips, mm. right? Like you, you, you need to develop those calluses. So it's like the point I'm making is you can have sore fingers from playing guitar, right? Mm. Like, so of course you're going to have some level of like 
aches and pains and little, yes, scrapes and bruises and whatever if you're training jujitsu. They're not injuries, right? And, um, no. you know, I know you know that, but sometimes you see that new people don't get that. And that's fine if it's not for you, right? Yeah. You know, there's plenty of people who wouldn't want to actively rock climbing on a cons- rock climb on a consistent basis because of what would happen to your hands, you know, or whatever. And that's fine if it's not for you, but you know, if, uh, if you're, if you want to continue jujitsu, but then you stop every time you've got like a slightly little like bruised toe, cause it got like, you rolled over the top of it in the mat or, mm. you know, you <coughs> Kieran tap too late on an armbar <coughs> and your elbow's <laughs> a little sore, you know, <laughs> You know, those little things are all part of it, right? Yeah, I, I totally agree. The way I differentiate, like, I suppose when we're talking about BJJ injuries, I'm talking about stuff that stops you from training. Like if you train on it, you're an idiot style stuff. Like you can train on a bruised toe. You can you can wrap your, uh, tape up your fingers if they're, you know, bleeding everywhere. You can put a Band-Aid on your fucking scrape on your knee you know yeah if you can prevent your injury with a band-aid it's not an injury yeah 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 i mean totally just train through staff it's all good yeah you know yeah 100 yeah. like <laughs> let people lick it <laughs> oh, it's God, okay gross. <laughs> um yeah and that's yeah i got, know, tra- I got a I, mad infection on my head like did was that i think was that uh like at the gym yeah yeah I yeah so i i, I um got it like a uh look it started off as a I think we've, I've just jumped a, a couple of points here, but started off as a little like gee burn on the back of my head. It was a little cut. Yeah. I'm like, ah, fuck, it'll be fine. I didn't really, this was pretty early on, first couple of months of training. Yeah. Uh, I did a video on it <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it just fucking like grew a life of its own and got like mad infested because I couldn't, I couldn't bandaid it or anything. Yeah. So I didn't realize what was happening um, yeah. until uh, my girlfriend was like, what the fuck is on your head? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I had to take like two weeks of antibiotics. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, straight away say that and anyone listening who most of our listeners at the moment do train <laughs> with <laughs> yeah. us they know the gym is super clean yeah. but for those who don't know um staff is obviously something can be super serious and really bad yeah. but it's a bacteria yeah, it that, up, eh? yeah it's a bacteria that everyone has on their skin mm. so uh you can get a staff infection kind of anywhere. Mm. The reason it happens a lot in gyms is just because, you know, the uh, the humidity and the sweat and that it's combining with other people's sweat and yeah. bacteria is getting stored during a class in mm. the in the gi and in the rash guards and things like that. So uh, it is something you can get even in a clean environment. But, uh, yeah, I don't understand those stories when you see uh, someone – potentially lose a limb from staff or something. I mean, obviously if I mean, when I say, I can't believe if it's someone who has access to healthcare. Yeah. Yeah. Because man, I've had staff maybe, maybe only twice, right. In my, in my career. Uh, And it usually always starts, like you said, as a little cut or something. And then it, gets a life of its own. Yeah. But it's seriously, if anyone has never had staph or they're not sure, I mean, if you Googled staph infection, you're going to see some pretty grotesque pictures. But if you, ever, <laughs> if you ever kind of have a little cut and it gets to that point where you go, ooh, that's like not getting better and that's rather infected, it may be staph. Mm. And, man, if you – it's not even about catching it early. It's literally just whenever a cut goes – 
whenever you see you have a cut or whatever it is, a scrape or something, and you go, oh, that's nasty, man, go to the doctor, get antibiotics, boom, staff gone. Yep. Like when you see those horror stories, I think like Junior Dos Santos was one who had to pull out of a, a fight in the UFC because he had some – I may be wrong, but anyway, it's happened for multiple UFC fighters who have had to pull out of fights due to staff infections. And you see photos and it's like this. You can't train through it. Like you can't. No, because it, just because yeah. of it's contagious, right? It's yeah. like you could train through it. Like if you- But it would just get worse and you will spread it. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you could still train in like exercise, I mean. Like mm. if you had a staff infection and you, you've got it early and you're taking mm. antibiotics, you can still go for a run or whatever. Yeah, for you sure. Know, like I, wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't roll. But yeah. No, 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 you can't roll because, yeah. in Any sort of impact to the no, – ignoring if, – if you were to ignore the fact that you're contagious and you're spreading it to everyone, if the – if the wound just keeps getting reopened. Yeah, it's no good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, Shit's going to spread. Anyway, staff, it's not that big of a deal. Like it's just yeah. take the antibiotics, right? I just mm. don't get it when people have access to healthcare and they've just let it go on. Mm. But I think it's kind of is, you know, maybe part of it is people being irresponsible and just training through it. Like especially, especially if it's somewhere on their body that's not super visible. Like if you had it, you know, let's say on your knee or something and you only train in the gi, like, you know, people would never even know you had it, right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, there's professional athletes in the jiu-jitsu world train through injuries a lot of the time, you know, and I think they pay quite a big price for it. Probably the most well-known guys who are seen as being, who have like destroyed their body, uh, are the Meow Brothers, right? I mean, I've only met them personally, man, years ago, back when they were purple belts. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know them on a personal basis, and and I don't know them nowadays. But from the stories friends of mine have told me, you know, when you see them off the mats, man, they walk like they're eighty years old. You know, they've just they train through so many severe injuries. You know, where, you know, I mean, for me, I I think it's kind of a fine line, right? Because if you if if you're if you're wanting just to train jujitsu as not your career, or maybe you want it to be your career, but you're not you're not one of those athletes who's pushing to become a, a world champion or whatever, right? There's plenty of injuries that you should not train through that they need to be you need to go through rehab or at least take some time off or whatever. However, it's then a fine line, right? Because if you're wanting to become the very best, like you know, it's that trade-off. Like mm. you sometimes legitimately cannot afford that time off the mat, you know? Like I know it's a different example, but let's say like professional skateboarders, you see them like still back out in the skate park with like broken arms, like they've got the cast on. And it's like, man, well, if you fall over and you, with a cast on your arm and it's you're just going to re-break that arm, right? But, you know, like it can be the difference between being the best and not, right? Can be that two, three weeks off. So, I mean, it's hard if you're looking at the elite, but I think it comes at a cost, right? If you see there's quite well-known photos of like the Meow Brothers' hands. Have you seen that photo? No, no. Man, and you should see like their fingers and their knuckles. It's all gnarled up. Oh, man. But, you know, I'm not saying, I mean, that's not an injury. That's just wear and tear, right? Again, a rock climber, you look at a professional rock climber's hands and fingers, man, they're destroyed, right? But- you know, training through injuries, I've been guilty of it. Uh, and uh, yeah, <laughs> in terms of your longevity as a as a person, I wouldn't advise it. 
you know mm. it's uh i think i think the as you get older you definitely start to listen to your body a bit more you also need to because it's funny right like i remember when i was uh in my 20s or whatever and i'd have someone older than me maybe they're in their 30s or 40s or whatever say oh when i was your age and i remember when i was younger i used to just think whatever you old piece of shit bro you're such a wuss right but honestly man you do notice that hey you know i'm mid 30s now and even my early 30s to my mid 20s the time it takes for you to recover from injuries or even just recover from a hard session you know like you notice it nowadays like man you look at like 18 year olds and they can pretty much tear an acl and they come back the next day and it's magically reattached itself and you're like what (laughs) (laughs) but you know now like for example i'm sitting here on a wednesday and on Monday, I did a whole bunch of Cossack squats and I'm like, my quads are still sore, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So what what injuries have you had? Like what – I know that you've had a couple of surgeries related to jiu-jitsu. What were, what were the injuries? So I've had uh, – I've probably had three major injuries in jiu-jitsu uh, and, yeah, two, two of which required surgery. Uh, so the two surgeries I had, the first one was my right knee. It was the, the lateral meniscus. And then the other surgery was the same injury, but on my left knee. Right? <laughs> and they actually went Heel through. Heel hook. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were actually, it was, uh, so the first one happened while, when I was a blue belt and I was fighting at the pans and I was doing a knee cut pass and my foot was stuck like you know your foot often gets trapped in between their thighs during yeah. the knee cut and i just like you know i just reef it was in this was it quarterfinal or semi-final i think yeah one of the finals and i just reefed it to get my my foot out which i did and i heard my knee pop and i was like oh like i just i knew something was wrong and then i went and then i after that, I fought absolute and everything. So I like fought the rest of the competition oh, on shit. that on that knee. Did you win that match? I can't remember if I won that match, but I ended up like I got ended up with bronze in weight and absolute. So obviously, I lost it at some worth stage. It. Yeah, worth <laughs> it. Yeah, uh, and yeah, it took a little while. Like I, that was. It leads. It's, you know, I've kind of in my head. I'm going down a different train of thought, but it kind of brings me to a, a relevant point, which is when you have injuries and sometimes you're in that, should I have surgery or not, right? In my experience, th- this first knee, when I did it, everyone was like, nah, man, don't get surgery if you can avoid surgery. And I had a physio, I had like a, a sponsored physio who would treat me for free, like who would who treated a lot of the competition team in Sao Paulo. So, uh I had access to a really good physio that I didn't have to pay for. So money was one of the few things for me in jujitsu where money wasn't an issue, right? Mm. Uh, So I had good treatment and I had the tools to avoid surgery, right? And the the injury I had is called, I think, I know what it's called in Portuguese, but I think in English it's called a bucket handle tear. And it's where your meniscus like folds in half in between your knee. And when it, when it folds in half, it, it's like it, you, your knee locks up, right? And then it'll kind of unfold and, you know, it'll release your knee or pop, right? And 
I spent probably like nine months or a year trying to rehab the knee and avoid surgery for it just to one day like uh, the meniscus fold in half and fully lock in my knee and it wouldn't unlock, like it wouldn't pop back out. Mm. Uh, And that locking happened in the middle of the night. Seriously, it happened at like what, like three in the morning or something. I just woke up like in pain because it hurts a lot when the meniscus folds. And, uh, you know, the point of my story is like I went, yeah, almost a whole year trying to rehab a knee that then I ended up having to have surgery for anyway. Uh, Obviously, you know, sometimes surgery is not the best option, but when it's a a bucket handle tear, you know, I'm not going to go into too much about the, the pros and cons of the surgery for that injury, but it's a rather minor surgery compared to something like an ACL reconstruction. Right. Yeah. So for me, I look back at that and I wish I just had the surgery right at the beginning. Cause I kind of essentially wasted a whole year yeah. of just doing rehab and barely being able to train, you know, my knee would like lock and pop just from one time it was at the end of training, just putting my shoe on. Right. You know, so, uh, but yeah, that was the, the first surgery I had. And I actually had quite an unlucky uh, stint of, of that, of like an injury period in Brazil. So I had, I came back from that first surgery and I kid you not, right? The, the, when I was actually, first of all, it took forever to recover from the surgery because I had cartilage problems in my knee as well that was semi unrelated to the to the injury but it just compacted how long my rehab was but i'm not even joking when i finally got back to training i trained monday tuesday wednesday thursday and then thursday night bam into into hospital with appendicitis and had to have my appendix out right and then um so then i was out for i can't remember how long but but quite a while because obviously any abdominal surgery you run the risk of a hernia yeah go back too soon and as we all know jujitsu is lots of lifting and core movement so obviously that's not a jujitsu injury but it was just unlucky right that i finally got back to training and then um and then i finally got back into the swing of things of after my uh appendicitis and then I was preparing to compete. There was a competition on a Saturday and it was, I think, the last roll on a Friday before the competition and and then I blew out my other knee, my left knee. And I knew straight away because it was the exact same feeling that had happened in my right knee. And, and it just – and opposed to the right knee that kind of – initially just like popped and then I could I spent nine months a year trying to rehab it this left knee just instantly fully locked Uh, and wouldn't pop so was it the uh, the exact same injury it was the exact same injury but it happened a different way like the right knee happened from a knee cut the left knee happened from I was knee on belly on on my opponent with Mm. my left knee and all he did was like as you would do he just kind of did a bridge hip Mm. escape and like pushed my knee yep off his belly yep. and it just like, it just went, it just instantly fully locked. That's what you get for neon belly. I know, right? <laughs> and I straight away knew, I just knew straight away. I was like, oh, yeah, I need fuck. surgery. And all my yeah. friends were like, oh man, no, nah, it'll be, it'll come down. I just was like, nah, I just knew straight away. And then, so I had that surgery too. Um, they were the only two surgeries I had for jujitsu, but then another massive injury I had was like, like I tore my whole right hamstring 
which obviously your hammies are, are a massive muscle. Yeah. So that took a long time to rehab. Even to today, I have slightly less flexibility in that right How'd hand. How'd you do that? Oh, man, that's a whole nother story. So Was it jiu-jitsu related? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had this guy, um, God, what did we call him? Um, I can't remember his name. He was actually quite tough, this purple belt. And I think I was a purple belt at the time. But he was just a moron. He was from uh, like uh, one of the other countries in in South America. I can't remember which country, like Ecuador or Venezuela or something. Um, God, he was tough, man. He was a tough purple belt, but he was a freaking moron. Like, oh, I can't, I'm so annoyed I can't remember his name. But like if I have any of my old training partners from Brazil mm. listening to this, they'll know who I'm talking about. And uh, it was a, a type of training where not everyone was rolling at the same time. And we were in this position, I was on top and probably in nowadays jiu-jitsu, like it wouldn't have happened because of the more knowledge that people have around leg locks and stuff. But we were essentially in a kind of 50-50 position, but he was also reaping or something like kind of going to the saddle or something like that. Uh, and we were in the gi and yeah, this was before the explosion of heel hooks and, you know, obviously people still did heel hooks, but not what it is today and as we were in the position and this is competition training so I didn't want to give an inch or anything and uh and all there's like a wall of black belts watching this role and they're like um I think Muriku was his name but they were like Muriku man you got to take your leg out you can't put it there blah 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 and I was putting heaps of tension on my knee and leg and everything so he was doing something illegal yeah 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 he was raping you. yeah yeah, yeah. or something like that I can't remember right. exactly and and he's like, and while we're mid-roll, he's arguing with them, going, man, it's fine, it's fine. And these are like guys like Lange, Bernardo, Leo, like all these like black belt world champions being like, dude, you're not allowed, no, you can't, like take your leg out, you can't do that. And we didn't stop the roll because, yeah, if, if you haven't yet trained full competition training, like it gets really intense, right? So we weren't going to stop. And he's like, you know, and everyone's screaming at him to stop but he's refusing to stop and and then just in the tussle it just went like like twang just my whole hammy just went like didn't didn't detach right like when i say my whole hammy went it's not like my hammy detached from you know like up into the glute or yeah. or into the knee or anything but like just tore the whole hammy just went like whack and then like as i got out of the position and then like i ke- i went to like push off it and go again and i was like oh no nah, i'm done yeah and yeah that took a long time to 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 rehab what a piece of shit yeah man, <laughs> this guy like and and yeah he it's funny like and i think he only got along with the with the black belts because they just man this shit that just doesn't fly nowadays and even compared to back in the early days of jujitsu is, is rather, rather mild. But one day, like it was like the end of training and the gym in, in, in Brazil had a massive, um, not an A-frame, but it had like, a, how, how would I call it? Oh, anyway, it had like this wall and along the wall it had a, like a pull-up bar, but like a massive pull-up bar. It was almost like a piece of uh, construction scaffolding but it was fully mounted properly to the wall it was like something you could hang boxing bags from and stuff it was this big long pull-up bar and um, it was like the end of training 
and often like people would hang around the gym or whatever. I think I had a shower or something or whatever and I came back out and man, he's, he's been like tied together with belts, like just lots of random jujitsu belts and he's been tied up on this pull-up bar upside down, like <laughs> off the ground and the black belts the have just like left him there, bro. Like, and, he, <laughs> and I think he had tape over his mouth oh, and man. all this shit, like, you know, he totally deserved it because he was such a dick. But uh, you know, but it was also like it was it was weird because you he was a dick, but you kind of couldn't fault him. He was one of those people who's, you know, yeah, a dick, but because they're kind of not very smart. You know, uh, it wasn't it wasn't like he was a bad person. Just very ignorant. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, he just like oozed ignorance. You know, right. but like obviously that has its own issues, right? Like educate yourself, right? But um. But yeah, anyway, though they bit off track. They were my three main massive injuries. So obviously they're injuries that even if you're someone like the Meow Brothers or or whoever, and I think there's even been footage of like Gordon Ryan training through really like rough injuries mm. where if you from your body, like just what you feel in your body, you probably shouldn't continue to train. But obviously, um, those are three injuries I don't think anyone would be able to train through. Obviously, surgeries. Yeah, obviously, yeah. surgeries you can't train through, right? Yeah. But even like a torn hammy, I think, would depend on the grade of the tear. Because yeah. you can have a tear and kind of still train, depending. But then you're you, risking just ripping it oh, off the massively. bone, man. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. But these are but people do train through tears, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, but obviously, uh, depending on the grade of the tear some would be untrainable. Like my hammy, I, and this was when I was actively competing and everything, like my hammy tear, like I definitely, I, I couldn't train through that. Like I had to take a good six weeks off or something. Um, but then, you know, if we, if we talk about other little less significant injuries, I mean, I've torn multiple ligaments in my knees. My problem area for me personally are my knees. You know, some people's problem area are their shoulders or their back or whatever, but for me it's my knees. And I've torn my LCL, my ACL, my, you know, MCL, PCL. I've torn them all. But all the just, CLs. Yeah, oh yeah, all the CLs. Uh, but usually just minor tears, right. right? And I think the way that you, like the, this is, one of those cliche bits of advice that I was all that was always given to me, but I think, yeah, it starts to make sense and you digest it more as you get older. But people used to always tell me, "Oh, you got to listen to your body," and I think, yes, yeah, it's, it's cliche because it's so true. But what does that even like? I think the the disconnect between people is what does that even mean? Listening to your body for for me, what that means is um, is kind of just the the root of it is when something doesn't feel right trust it and yeah. and and like the best example would be i guess something that is is a feeling that's maybe a little more foreign if you've never experienced it but yeah coming back from um the the appendectomy right i think that's the right word but uh yeah coming back from having my appendix removed because it's you know, I'd never in my life had abdominal surgery most people don't right it's not like a uh, or even sort of you know, unless you're a woman who's been pregnant or had a C-section or something, like it's not – like it's – we don't usually – it's not common to have sort of injuries in your abdomen, mm. right? And coming back from that and just then starting to roll or even just drill and 
I think I remember when I first came back, I knew it was too early because I was like, oh, something doesn't feel right. You know, like I couldn't explain it, mm. you know, and I wouldn't have even been able to explain it to a doctor. But I was like, just when I had to, when I started having to use my abs and everything, I was like, oh, nah, like something doesn't feel right. And for me, that's what I think when I think about listening to my body. It's like, you know, my if I'm trying to decide whether the conversation I'm having with my body is saying, no man, something's wrong or saying, or is it my body like being a little bitch, right? Yeah, because there's obviously listening to your body, that doesn't mean not doing anything anytime you're sore, mm. right? Like I said before, my quads are sore. Does that mean I can't work out today? Of course not, right? You know, but when, when your body's trying to tell you that something's wrong, I think that's when you really have to have to listen to your body, right? So when I've torn LCLs and things like that that haven't needed surgery, there's times where they've been very minor tears uh, and I've known their tears because I've had an MRI, right? Like not just like, oh, I've got a sore knee, oh, I've torn, you know, like because after my two knee surgeries, I, I became quite – knowledgeable about like the feelings in my knees and then to some extent quite paranoid and would get MRIs kind of just for fun. <laughs> no, but, you know, I'll be kind of maybe sooner than other people would get an MRI. But, you know, I've had tears that are super minor and I've been able to train through, but then I've had tears where I could probably train through it, but I would start training and I'd be like, oh, like, you know, I could feel that it's on the limit of, just de detaching essentially or fully tearing. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what I think about when, when I'm asking myself or when I'm listening to my body, it's that, it's that signal for my body saying something's wrong opposed to something hurts. Yeah, they're, they're, they're two different things, right? Yeah, I totally agree. So, but yeah, when it's, when it's those injuries, like, cause there's so many, you can have so many different grades of injury and you can have what would still be, classified as an injury but really it just be something that hurts right like like you know tapping too too late on a submission or something and then having an injured shoulder or elbow but it's something you can 100% train through yeah or like you jar your finger or something you just tape that bitch up yeah like, exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah fingers and toes massively because even yep. even if you wanted to go to a doctor unless you've literally what are they gonna do yeah unless you've snapped it 90 degrees or yeah. something they're not going to do anything yeah right? 100%. you can you know, breaking toes is like the, like that nothing gets done with that. Mm. Yeah. Unless it's deformed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something you reset can reset with surgery or some shit. Yeah. But yeah so they're, they're injuries for sure. Right. But they're injuries that you can totally train through. So how do you deal with those injuries? Well, with the ones that you can train through. Yeah. Cause that's, that's, you know, I think that's. Yeah. Well, the first step, like you said, is differentiating between what you can and can't train through and whether it's worth it. So, I mean, from my perspective, I have had a, not an injury that- So many arm bars you have not tapped. We yeah, just spoke look, about this in other episodes, look, right? <laughs> heaps of niggles on the elbows. Like, man, I've rocked up to sessions with a very sore like left elbow or something like that. And probably, you know, having that conversation with myself, as, as you mentioned, like, am I, should I train on this or am I being a bitch? And I decided, nah, I'm being a bitch. But I said to myself, like, before we started rolling in my mind, you cannot- fight an armbar on your left arm, on yeah. your left arm. You cannot be armbarred yeah. on the left side today. 
And yeah. guess what? <laughs> Get up, bud. Did I tap? <laughs> Fucking no. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm an idiot. Yeah. But um, I mean, I've had an injury with my, if you remember when I uh, sprained my left ankle. Do you want to tell everyone that story? As yeah, to for how sure. you sprained it? So um, effectively, I was being cheeky to Joey uh, Brambell and he just bashed me. He just stomped on <laughs> oh, no. no, so um, we were doing some drilling. Uh, it was like takedown defense. Uh, and I was drilling with Joey, the brown belt. We've mentioned him a couple of times. And it's the the single leg takedown defense. So someone shoots on a, a single leg and then you you turn away from them and then effectively kick your uh, leg through to pull it out of their, their yeah. grip. So we're doing yeah. that, that drill. And um, I didn't pull it, like I wasn't kicking it out enough. And Joey like wasn't, you know, when you're drilling, sometimes you just, you know, let them they go give, through. You let it go yeah. a little and bit. Sometimes you give, I mean, not resistance, but yeah. like you Yeah, know. and he, he gave a little bit more resistance and um, I was hopping around on my left foot like, oh, fuck. And then I just, I must have hopped a wrong way. Well, I, I clearly hopped the wrong way on my left foot and I hopped onto the side of it effectively just it rolled. rolled it. I have but very flat quite, feet. But it was, yeah, which, yeah, he's a, he's a factor. Yeah. But I mean- it was quite a significant sprain. It wasn't like a yeah. little like, oh, I rolled my ankle. That could have been bad. It was yeah. quite bad, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know the extent, but it did. It's It went, It was swollen pretty much straight away. Um, I I had to get some physio on it. So I, I got physio for about six weeks, I think, yeah, in and that total. Would, that was an injury where you had to take some time off, right? From I think. Yeah, I did. I just could not. Like, you initially, couldn't even walk, right? Initially, I took not enough time off. So this is this is another lesson and about how to deal with injuries, which we're we're, we're going to get to uh, in the later part of this episode. But one lesson I learned is I came back too early. I was I was just too keen. I really probably shouldn't have been training like rolling, maybe drilling, but not rolling yet. And I was like, nah, fuck it. I'm all right. I'm going to roll. And uh, and then I rolled like. Uh, I was rolling with someone. I, I was trying to maintain mount. And when I when you maintain mount, a common thing to do is to tuck your feet under. To, oh, to, that's right. Yeah, yeah and yeah, then yeah. I got rolled with my feet under right yeah. on top of the sprain. So it yeah. effectively forced it in that same position. Yeah, yeah. I, rem- I remember looking over and you were like sitting down and clutching your ankle and you're like, yeah, it's like, it was oh, like remind yeah. me of that family guy yeah. gif. Have you seen that? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, the time the time wasting gag. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. it's pretty funny. Yeah, so effectively, that's what happened. I was a bit of an idiot for um, one, putting myself in that position, but two, for rolling straight away. Even yeah. though, like, we were we weren't even rolling that hard, but it was it's it's you know, I knew better. I think yeah, yeah. maybe, and yeah, so that put me out for for even longer if I just let it go and then I had to wear a stupid ankle brace and then ages and then (laughs) story time I uh there was a competition coming up yeah so that's why I was chomping at the bit to get back on the mats because I had a competition coming up and I think when I rolled it the comp was like six weeks out or something like that so when the injury first happened so I was trying to get back as quick as I could uh, because I was registered I was really keen to compete and it got to the competition week. And mind you, at this point, I hadn't even been rolling really. Mm. Um, I, I had to have it in a brace. I had to like tape it up. I, I was drilling at this point. I'd returned to drilling, but not really rolling. And then I, I rocked up on competition day and we, you and I were having a back and forth. Like, are you going to compete? You know, and we're both like, nah, I probably shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> 
And then you did, right? <laughs> I did. And then, um, yeah, so I fucking, I just taped it up with a shitload of like just um, athletic tape, taped up the ankle. Uh, luckily, we have a nurse on our team and he he taped it up for me. Uh, oh, Matt. Yeah, taped Matt, it, Matt taped it up uh, yeah. really well, which helped a lot. And then I fucking, I competed. <laughs> it was so dumb. I was so gassed after the first, like you're always gassed after your yeah, first, yeah. first roll, but- it was next level because I hadn't rolled at all. Yeah. And even now, like in lockdown, because we haven't really done too many ro- like rolling sessions, but like when you roll for the first time after not rolling for like effectively six weeks, man. Oh, it hits you like a truck. Yeah, yeah. and it was and it was a competition roll. So yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And I, I came in dehydrated because, okay, this is getting a bit long-winded, but I, I had cut – down a weight class. This is my first time competing down a weight class. So I had to cut for it. But because of the injury, I was like in that limbo stage. I was like, oh, yeah. you know, fuck it. I'm going to just not cut anymore because I'm I'm not going to compete. I can't. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I started, you know, I stopped my dieting down. So I put on some weight. I put on too much, like not fat or anything, but I just, I just put on too much weight to compete. <laughs> like I, like not, fat, not, fat, not fat, not fat, not fat, never, never fat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I, put, I just put on too much weight. I was mostly water weight. And I decided to compete pretty much 24 hours out or 48 and change out from uh, from competing. And so I had to crash diet myself down and basically just drop water in that time. Yeah. So I came in dehydrated. I hadn't trained in six weeks. My ankle was fucked. <laughs> was, that, was that the comp? That wasn't the same comp with the when you were in the triangle for ages? No, no, no that, that was the one before. That was the one before. Yeah. But this one was the most recent. I, I did win my first match luckily it, it didn't feel good i wasn't really yeah it was i won on points like i didn't even get the sub uh and then the second one man i was so defeated in my mind like yeah in the back of my mind and not taken away from my opponent like he, he was he was good um but in the back of my mind i'm like nah fuck i'm i should yeah, not be out yeah. here i should not be doing this yeah you know, i mean but, but yeah i mean that's like what i said at the start it's a fine line right yeah. when you're when you're a competitor to to want to push through the injury yeah but just going back to what we were saying before like how do you how do you how should you train through an injury that is something you can train through Mm. uh and i mean i think it's fairly obvious you just avoid the positions that are compromising to that injury Mm -hmm. so if it's yeah let's say it's a toe right like you've sprained or rolled your toe or something you know, you might initially think, oh, well, that means uh, I, I shouldn't play, I'm not going to play guard or something because I don't want to use my legs. Well, no, it's actually the opposite, right? You don't really want to be passing because that's where you're more going to have your foot under flexion and have your toes on the mat and be driving off it. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you might opt to actively play guard while that recovers. Makes sense. Right? Or, okay, your neck or your back is sore or tight. You know, I'm not talking about herniated discs or anything. That's a whole different, it's a serious, serious injury that is something that can be trained through because it can be a, a, like it can be a, I don't want to say a lifelong injury, but it can be a very long-term. Yeah, and it can be lifelong, but it's a different type of injury, right? But, you know, let's say you're someone who does lots of bolos, but then you've got a sore neck or sore back or something. Okay, well, you're just going to – you can still train. Just Mm. don't do bolos for a while. Work on something else, right? And this can be an ego thing as well because, like, take take me and Mount, for example. Like, I was rolling against a blue belt. I knew that I I could hold Mount against him. If I tuck my feet, 
but I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. You know, I shouldn't yeah. have put my feet there yeah. because I, I knew I had an injury. Yeah. And yeah, the ego can come into it, especially if you're, you're in a competition role or just a, a heated role. I don't mean heated as in with animosity, but just a, a yeah, good, an intense, tough, an intense role tough with role. a tough training partner. Yeah. You Cause can, you don't want to like, you don't want to like, if you know you can do something to prevent whatever they're trying to accomplish, you want to do it. Yeah, exactly. You don't, like, right? you don't yeah. want them to think that you don't know how to do yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> save Mind some games. face. Yeah, yeah. Bro. But you know, when it's something like that, it's, uh, you know, it can be quite easy to avoid. And depending on who your training partner is, uh, what sort of class you're in, you know, then if you find yourself in that bad position, you just tap and say, Oh man, can we, you know, I can't do that or yeah. something, you know, uh, and that's another so point, I, right? Like you should tell your training partner, Hey, hundred yeah, percent, right? My, my ankle, like at our gym, most people knew about it. So they would ask me even after it was healed, like, you know, which angle do I watch out for? And that's, that's really good. And when I, I visited uh, another gym, um, what? How dare <laughs> you just leap over the table <laughs> such strangely? Oh <laughs> uh, shit! Yeah, when I when I visited uh, grappling education, um, everyone I rolled with just about would ask me, "Is there anything I need to be aware of? Any injuries?" Rah, rah, rah. It was pretty like standard. Yeah, to, to rolling find, with someone they don't know. Yeah, I find that a bit weird. Uh, I mean, it's very nice and courteous. For yeah. Me, for, you know, for me, I think, well, the obligation is on the person who's injured to, to let, tell you. To yeah, let you know. I agree with that. Like, it's not like I ask every single person, anything I need to, well, man, yeah. if you've got something, you tell me, right? Otherwise, yeah, yeah, you tell me and then I target it. Yeah. Like, which ankle? Which, <laughs> yeah. which one can I heel hook? Um, but it depends as well, right? You know, going back to competition training in Brazil, and I'm sure that a lot of other competition teams or gyms or classes are similar to this where it was such – fierce competition and everyone's preparing for you know for worlds or whatever it was kind of if you weren't prepared or willing or fit to go a hundred percent you don't show it, up well yeah it's almost like you weren't welcome you know so because that, you're hindering my training now that's it yeah. as well right you know so if you know if you like said, oh, ads, you want to roll or something? And I'm like, oh, yeah, but we need to go light because this and that and that. You're yeah. going to be like, no, man. I like, Yeah, fuck I, off. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want a light roll. Like yeah. that's worse for me. Man, I'm preparing for worlds. Like yeah. this is the competition class. Like yeah. I need – like if you can't roll properly with me, you're wasting my time. Yeah. And that's not your partner being a prick. That's like well, the reality of what the team is preparing yeah, for. Yeah, you showed right? up to a competition class. Yeah. Mm. So, you know – then that definitely, again, we're going back to walking that fine line as a competitor. Even if you're not someone wanting to become a world champion, but you're just a competitor and you have access to a gym or a team or a class that has that structure, right? And you've decided to turn up to that class, but you've still got that niggling injury. You're then kind of, well, you're not allowed to kind of tap early and say, oh, hang on, can we just go back? Because like, I can't handle that position or something you know, mm. uh, whereas if you're not in that scene, so let's say, for example, I had quite a bad elbow injury uh, a, a while ago. Because you didn't tap to a number. No, no actually. <laughs> I don't, the way it <laughs> was literally from, uh, you know, down the bottom of the gym we have a pull-up bar uh, and I hadn't done pull-ups for ages and I was like, oh, just like smash a set of pull-ups. And like I did full extension pull-ups, like as you should, right? But there was something in my elbow that even when I've gone with the physio, like I have really bad 
uh, range in my elbow and, you know, so I can't compress it a lot. And I think it was that I did full extension and, you know, I'm quite heavy, 100 kilos. It's quite a lot of load, right? And it was just literally I hurt the elbow doing a set of, of pull-ups. Mm. And then since then with the physio and stuff, he's like, oh, man, you Did might want to – Did you jump on him cold? Did you just like randomly – No, oh, I yeah. think it was like at the end of class. So oh, I was already okay. warm and stuff. Yeah. But anyway, like, yeah, I hurt my elbow doing – doing pull-ups and so it was quite sore for a long time and if I was training with Joey right and let's say he got me in an armbar on that side on that bad elbow mm. but like he hadn't extended the armbar yet let's just say we're in the armbar position he's fighting a grip or something yeah yep. I would stop him and be like oh you know I don't want to take all the hard work away from him to get to that position but I'll be like oh man can we just swap arms or something like that right so I'll put myself in the armbar but on my good side and then would keep going but when you're in like that competition role you know if you've gone to a, a competition class like you can't do like it's kind of like mm. man you know like it's not fair on your training partner so then you're kind of in that position of you know like well, I don't want to just like give it to him because, you know, it's comp training, but then mm. like it's that injured elbow, like mm. you don't want to fight it. And you can and you can easily see how then injuries just get worse and worse and worse, right? Um, so maybe you don't go to that competition class. It's going to depend on how bad the injury is because some injuries take a long time to recover. Like some injuries are literally like chronic, right? So, you know, it's hard, but but like I was saying before, usually it's easy enough if it's an injury you can train through, like a sore toe, a tight elbow because you didn't tap enough, a sore neck. Just avoid those positions. Don't bowl low, don't do this, right? Yeah. The other advice I would give when it's something a bit more chronic, let's say, for example, when I came back from my, my knee surgeries, when you – so like your, your lateral meniscus is the outside of your knee – and that's under tension when you do any like external rotation, right? So uh, sitting cross-legged, right? Delaheva? Uh, Delaheva. Uh, yeah, Delaheva to an extent. More things like butterfly guard or uh, X yep. guard, yep. right? So, and because I had the cartilage issues as well, I probably had maybe 18 months, like a long time, where I couldn't really handle any load on my hooks when my when my when my legs were externally rotated so for example i could do if you think about in a gym your standard leg extension like i could do that right that quad exercise i could handle load on my on my ankles as long as there was no external rotation but then something like butterfly guard if i tried to elevate someone from butterfly guard because your your knees are then out there's external rotation more load goes to the 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 outside of your knee the lateral mm -hmm. of your knee and i couldn't handle that at all right like i felt like my knee was going to explode and it would even hurt so then how did I train? Did I just stop training? No, I just spent like that 18 months. At, like I didn't do those positions at all. Mm. Like I didn't do any butterfly guard or any X guard. And, you know, it forced me to, I didn't really even do Delaheva either just because, yeah, like that, the Delaheva hook is external rotation. And that was pretty much all I did back then, uh, mainly Delaheva. So I was just forced to work on like half guard or more importantly, I spent most of the time just being on top, right? So 
sometimes when you're recovering from a bit more of a chronic injury, you have to like completely remove certain positions from your game. And if I found myself in a position where like, oh, butterfly guard or X guard would stop me getting past here, didn't happen. I would just let myself get past, you know, like I just couldn't go to those positions like at all whatsoever, mm. right? But, you know, you got to look at the bright side. It developed my passing game and my half guard game and other positions that I perhaps may not have worked on, you know, if I wasn't forced to work on them because I couldn't go to my my A game positions. Yeah, that makes sense. So what about if you're dealing with an injury like, you know, take my ankle injury, for example, where I know that I, I can't really – you know, it's at one point there I couldn't even drill on it. Hmm. What 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 would you recommend someone do in that position? Yeah, so that's like an an injury that you can't even train, right? Yeah. Um, look, this would be a case of like do what I say, not what I do, sort of thing. When I was ever chronically injured, I like pretty much didn't step foot in the gym. You know, for me it was just I found it super like depressing and. Uh, like it would just frustrate me to watch other people train and particularly when you're in Brazil because you're there to train. Yeah. That was, that was why you went to Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like I had essentially three surgeries in a row. Yeah. Like it was a lot of time, like not training and in hospital. A lot of World of Warcraft. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of World of Warcraft. Yeah. Um, But I would, you know, if you can, if you're someone who's not going to get too bummed out, Ideally, you can still go to the gym and there's a lot to be learned for, from watching. There, there really is, you know. Uh, why sit at home and watch a YouTube video when you can watch like your, your physical coach teaching something and then you can watch it being implemented by your training partners as they roll or you can watch, you know, them fail at doing whatever sweep was just taught, mm. you know, and what was – going wrong like there's so much to be learned from watching Mm. right that's why people watch so much youtube jiu-jitsu whether it's a a technique and instructional or just jiu-jitsu fights because you can learn a lot from watching well man like you can go and watch it in person live at your gym and it's you know you've got a platform that unless your coach is a prick, you're still going to be able to be allowed to ask questions. You know, it's going to depend where are you at your injury. Is it mm. the sort of point where you're not even putting your gi on because you're on crutches, right? Or is it, okay, you can still put your gi on and, you know, do a tiny bit of the warm up or something. And yeah. maybe you can't drill, but you can still sit there and watch and be, and ask questions and be part of the class. I did a little like, bit of that with my yeah, ankle. Like yeah. when I was, there was a point where I was doing light drilling, depending on what we're drilling, but not rolling at all. Yeah. And uh, you know, just sitting there watching. And, and Joey did it coming back from his ACL. Yeah. I remember that's it. when I first met him. He was like this, like, Creepy dude in the corner taking notes and, <laughs> yeah. and pointing things out yeah. to people. Like, Who the fuck's that? Yeah, Joey could <laughs> he 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 couldn't even do um he couldn't do drilling or the warm up or anything, mm. right? But he was still putting his gi on and he was still there asking questions. Yeah, making notes, uh, you know. And for me, it's one of those yeah, do as I say, not as I do, because I, I I didn't do that. However, what I did do is when I could start moving a bit more. Uh, 
at my gym in Brazil, there would be at the same time the competition class and the and like a beginners, like I mean beginners, beginners class, right? Uh, and I was whatever going through these injuries and surgeries. I was um, a blue purple belt competitor, and I knew I couldn't do the competition class because I was not fit to do it. And remember, I was saying it's that sort of environment. If you're not fit, you're just a hindrance to your to yeah. your training partners, right? Yeah. Uh, so I couldn't do the competition class, but I, I didn't want to stay at home. So I would I would do in the other room the complete beginner's class. I mean, beginner's class, like you're learning to hip escape or whatever. I'm like, well, man, like one, there's never anything wrong with uh, doing some uh, – Basic well, stuff, revision, yeah. Revision sorry. or basics. Like doing revision or basics. And plus yeah. I was still getting to move. I'm still involved with the team. You know, I could still ask like off on the side. I didn't. I would never want to distract or derail the instructor's class. But, you know, if there was a minute, I could ask the instructor an unrelated question to what the beginner class was about, yeah. you know. Uh, so that's what I would do. I found it hard to watch my my – training partners like the competition team train like i found it super depressing to watch them get better while i was just sitting there yeah but tell if, me about it but if you can stomach it when you're in a position where you physically can't train mm. man like you can still learn so much from watching you know it's like yeah it's like youtube but live you're there you can ask questions you know what you or you might find you that one training partner who you go toe to toe with all the time you might kind of now you actually get to watch them roll. Like when you think about it, when you're when you're just attending class, uh, when you're fit and healthy, you don't often get the chance to watch your training partners roll, right? Like usually when they're rolling, you're rolling mm. either with them or with someone else. You know, sometimes depending on the structure, the classes will be split. Some people are resting, some are rolling. Yeah, but, or you you're know, like the odd one out or whatever. Yeah, yeah. but more often than not, you're, you're training at the same time as everyone else. So you don't often get to just watch, right? So you can learn a lot from watching your own training partners. Like when, when think about this, how often you've asked your coach a question specific to one particular training partner, like, oh man, how do I deal with, let's take, okay, I don't, a Yali, for example, Yali's got a really Z-guard. strong Z guard, yeah. right? Uh, and you know, think about not just you, but the amount of students who I've had ask me questions or just in conversation complain about Yali Z-Guard. Complain is in because it's really difficult to pass, right? Mm-hmm. And then stop and ask yourself, well, have you ever watched someone else roll Yali and seen how they deal with it? And like I reckon the majority of, of students would say no, right? I'm not saying get injured in order to be able to, you know, or I'm not saying watch that person when you should be training. Start I'm, filming yeah. your training partners. <laughs> yeah. I'm just making the point that there's still a lot to be learned mm. when you can't physically train. Yeah. Uh, so if you can stomach it, do that. That's that's my advice, you know. And and going back to to Joey with his ACL, he he made the great point of he spent so long – uh, you know, ingraining this routine that on days, you know, A, B, and C, he goes to the gym for jujitsu. Like it's part of his routine. And there's something to be said about sticking to your routine. We talked a while ago in, um, I can't remember what episode it was, but we talked about like motivation and, um, you know, mm. and. 19. 
Yeah, I believe it was episode 19. We might have said, oh, yeah, motivation versus discipline. Yeah, yeah. how to enjoy jiu-jitsu uh, and why not to join the Navy. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, we talked about motivation versus discipline. And, yeah. you know, Joey's super disciplined. He had this routine. And and you'll find that's that's what people are going to struggle with post-lockdown for us here in Sydney. Hopefully, actually, by the time this episode is released and people are listening to this, we're out of lockdown. So it might be super relevant to them in the day that they're listening to it is getting back to training. It can be like you're, you're out of this routine that you've had and now you have to re-implement that routine. And that's where you can easily see people fall off and quit and whatever yeah, else. Right. Yeah. Um, Even in my short time, I've seen people leave because of injuries, but then they just haven't come back and you're like, yeah, where's old mate. Yeah, yeah. Because they broke that routine. Right. And it might be a minor injury, but maybe it's still an injury that requires two or three weeks off. And maybe yeah. that's enough for, for them to, to break, break that cycle and then they never new to the sport yeah if they're new right and they never re-implemented or something yeah so um you know that's another point as well and Mm. joey made that great point that he you know he essentially came back as soon as he was off crutches Mm. pretty much right of course he he spent ages not not even drilling Mm. and then even then like when we got back to drilling this is another important point when if you're if we're talking about serious injuries, how do you deal with those? How do you come back with them from them? Okay, again, we have to put to the side competition classes where if you have that structure of if you're not fit, don't turn up. If we ignore those, how do you come back from something serious where you're starting to be in that uh, test the waters phase, you know, and in a good way, I mean like your physio has advised you, you want to start, you know, experimenting, mm. feeling the range, blah, blah, blah. How do you deal with that? You have to have like, you know. Iron uh, discipline. I'd yes. Say. Yeah, you have to be super disciplined not to to let your ego get in the way and push too far. But I would say more importantly than that, you have to have a training partner you trust yep. or multiple training partners you trust. I like agree with that so much. There's people that – that I, when I would come back from injuries that I just knew that they were not safe to mm. roll with, whether it's because of their style or whether it's because I just knew they didn't have my best interests at heart or whatever it was, mm. right? But, you know. You can tell when someone's looking after you in a role. Like when, when, I, was, when yeah. I came back from my ankle injury, there was a couple of people that I would roll with and I knew they were looking after me. You know, yeah. it, I could yeah. feel it throughout. Like they were very conscious of, of their position in relation to mine and you know still giving me a really good training session but just looking after me yeah 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 they're the best people to roll with yeah 100 percent. you know and you can if you have training partners like that that will go a long way joey and i spent you know what once he was starting to get more comfortable obviously an acl is a massive surgery and any sort of guard is really troublesome because if he's playing guard, he's not super dynamic with that leg, can't Mm. take heaps of load and rotation through it. And if he's passing, he's not super mobile and agile and driving off his, uh, you know, off his foot. Uh, So we spent a lot of time just doing side control specific, Mm. right? Because then we were in a position where we could more or less train 100% because it's less, you know, legged. Obviously, jujitsu requires all parts of your body, but far less important from side control, like having good knee mobility and strength and everything. But then we were able to find some some 
little golden nuggets of essentially being able to go 100%. And then as soon as one of us would regard or escape or something, we'd go back, right? And then that slowly started bleeding into, you know, a bit of half guard and then a bit of, you know. So if you have- Is that why Joey's so dominant in side control? <laughs> uh, no, he was always dominant in side control, but yeah, it's yeah. definitely helped. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Joey's got a- That far kill, armbar. The, killer yeah. armbar from side control, yeah. he sure does. Um, but I think, you know, the, the most important point to embrace is that, man, injuries happen and it's okay, right? Yeah. Like you can have the most cautious, careful training partners, instructor. You can be super cautious and careful and they happen and it's just part of it and that's okay. I would far rather be injured from jujitsu than have a sore back from sitting on the couch all day. Sore ass. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's known, right? Like people get chronic uh, back and neck and shoulder problems or whatever. From, sitting. From sitting. Sitting's and, the new smoking, right? <laughs> I haven't heard that, but can be, right? <laughs> you hear that? People stand up when you smoke. <laughs> but, you know, like uh, – you can be have chronic health issues from not being active. Exactly. Like I mean, every everyone knows that, you know, and particularly. And you know what? It's it, at the end of the day, it's all about risk versus reward. Are you willing to risk the injuries for the reward of the lifestyle that is jujitsu? That's yeah. the way I see it. And yeah, I think fuck yeah, it is. Yeah, and uh, just don't listen to your doctors. Right, because yeah, they, they always nothing. just tell you. Yeah, <laughs> but that's like they always just tell you, don't do it. Right. Yeah, you that's know? that's what uh, they said to Zach because my my business partner Zach injured his shoulder in jujitsu, and his his surgeon was like, yeah, you got to quit jujitsu. And yeah. you know, obviously being very new to the sport, it scared him a little bit. It's like, oh fuck, I have to quit. But you know, they're always going to say that. If it, if, always, bro. Like you yeah. need to. Uh, again, actually, another really good point. If jiu-jitsu is something you do and you intend to do for a long time, you need to find a good uh, either doctor or physio that or someone that understands 100%. what you're doing. Because otherwise, like, man, the like if you just go to a generic GP. Yeah, and you right? say, my arm hurts when I do this. Yeah, well, they, don't do that. Yeah. It's standard. And I mean, like the, the sitting at a desk one, right? Mm. What do they tell you? Get a standing desk, yeah. right? But then I guarantee you, if you went into the doctor and said like, oh, my back's sore, blah, blah, blah. Like I have a standing desk. They'll tell you, oh, well, you know, maybe you should sit down, get a yeah. sitting desk, right? Like they just tell you to do whatever. The opposite, the, yeah. Right? So, 100%. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I don't think that's specific to jujitsu, right? But no. I guess because it's seen, especially for people less educated about the subject, it's seen as a bit more uh, intense or whatever yeah. than something like if you said to the doctor, oh, it hurts when I, when I do this playing tennis, they'll probably be more willing, I reckon, to find a solution for oh, you. 100% agree. You know? And it's because I think like you, just touched on briefly, there's not a lot of education around jiu-jitsu. It's still a very young sport. And I think as the, the sport grows and it becomes more mainstream, then there will be more understanding along with that. But it's also like all driven by money, right? Like if you're, mm. if you're a football player, like playing for Real Madrid, making millions mm. of dollars. Like oh, you're you talking could, soccer. You're a soccer player. Yeah, you know the game where there's a ball that you kick with your foot? 
Soccer, yes. Football. <laughs> you know, it's actually legally football in Australia. They yeah, changed the name a while yeah, ago. Yeah. But yeah, everyone still calls it soccer anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, like obviously that's an extreme example. You're talking millions of dollars. Like, but you could have like a, a, an injury that would put you in a wheelchair, but mm. like they'll have doctors and physios and stuff that'll get, get you, you back. They'll get you back on the field. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's not always as grim as the average GP or physio might say where they're just like, Oh, don't do it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying when I say don't listen to your doctors, like they're still medical professionals, right? Sometimes it, you know, your just foot, get a second opinion. Yeah, That's all we're yeah, saying. Yeah. You know, your legs facing the opposite direction. Like, no, nah, man, this doctor doesn't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> just won't play guard. Yeah. But, you know, man, like I think I think to summarize, it's little injuries that happen. Mm. That's fine, right? Uh, some little injuries are just stop being a bitch, right? Listen to your body, which means – is your body telling you, is your body being a wuss? Because your body will tell you when something hurts all the time, right? Like it's designed to do that, right? Like I could touch something that is slightly hot right now and my body would tell me that that hurts. Like does that all of a sudden mean I'm injured? No, right? But your body, is it being a little bitch or is it telling you something's wrong, right? Mm. And you need to listen to that. But otherwise, you know, other injuries you can train through, avoid those positions. If it's a chronic injury, you might have to look at completely changing your game, which can be a blessing in disguise, right? You then may be forced for the next six months to work on completely different positions, right? And if it's something chronic or you're coming back from a surgery, you need to have training partners that you trust who will look after you, you know? Yeah, if, 100%. Or, or, you know, you maybe you're not coming back from an injury, but you're you have that minor LCL tear or something that you can train through, but you know, you want to make sure it's with, with trusted people so you don't make it worse. For sure. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of the Beyond Jiu Jitsu podcast. If you enjoyed it and you want to support the show, feel free to follow us on your streaming platform of choice. Leave us a review. All of that good gear definitely helps. And if you want to go that one step further, you can become a Patreon. We have a Patreon page set up. Uh, so to find that, either go onto our Instagram and there's a link to it in our bio or you can jump over to patreon.com and search for Beyond Jiu Jitsu and we will be the first ones to pop up. Whoop, whoop. Thanks for listening and uh, until next time. Thank you.